All right, hello, welcome back to another episode of Wireless Joint Podcast. My name is Sanjay and I'm your host. Righty though, so it's 15 of May, 20 past 4, and I don't know what's going on today. I spoke with my girlfriend earlier, I told her about, you know, what a weird and strange day it is today. And she, she mentioned something about Mercury, you know. Um, not that we, not that neither of us is um, a huge believer of astrology, but I don't know. I just didn't know what's going on. So, pretty much, I had six coaching sessions today, and five of them I moved, and two um, happened yesterday. So, two two members messaged me yesterday, and then two members message me today and then one member I don't even know what's going on so it's a really weird day I I never had this happen before it almost feels like you know it happens out of nowhere but um yeah so that's that's that but back to the more pressing topics and perhaps what you came here for what you listen to this podcast for I'll imagine I'm not sure whether this applies to you but Here's something that I would strongly, strongly recommend you to do if you are quitting weed. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because going through my own experience in the 20s, if you've been following me for a while, you know, I've been quite a heavy stoner, helping people in my program, being an admin of quit weed and uh, succeed Facebook group, which has well over two and a half thousand members, and also talking with stoners on a regular basis and people. Um, that have recovered from marijuana addiction. Um, I think I know a thing or two, but here's what I would do, which I normally tend to say nowadays, right? That here's what you should do. Here's what I would do. And here's what I recommend you to do. Whether you want to pick me on that, that's entirely up to yourself. The first thing, and you know, that's normally on the first week in our program. What we talk about is triggers, right? Then you, I've been pretty vocal about this before. Um, you know, I talked a lot about different types of triggers and why you should address them. But here's the thing, right? You want to get into the habit of self-awareness, right? Because the more self-aware you are, the easier this is, right? The more in denial, the more you kind of try to hide things, the more you kind of try to pretend that you know what's like, what's happening. The hard it exists. It's just plain simple. Right? So the first thing that I would do is I would address the triggers. Right? So when you decide to quit and you are conscious about it, you're like, okay, here it, here's what we're going to do. You have some sort of a plan. Now, another thing what I want to add here is right, a lot of the times, and this definitely applies to me back in my 20s, and I definitely see other people doing this, right? So a lot of the times what we do is we decide to quit out nowhere and we better quit for good, right? And that sounds like the plan itself in our heads, it normally sounds pretty, you know, pretty, pretty achievable. It's very like, okay, yeah, I think I can do this. Then the more you do it, the more it's like, okay, yeah, but does this mean I'm never going to smoke weed again? But hold on a second, I'm going to do this, right? And the more, the more the doubt there are, the more you keep kind of up. Questioning it, the less success there will be. It's just pretty obvious, right? So, another quick tip before I forget about this, what I'll do, what I would suggest is rather than 
when you deciding to quit rather than going in in a full swing and saying, okay, this is it, I'm going to quit for good, change your mindset and go in with the view of, okay, let's try this, right? So I've been, I've been stoned for the last few years or I've been stoned for the last few months. Why don't I try something else, right? So let's give it a try and let's get it to one more, right? Let's try not to smoke for one more and see what happens, right? Here's what normally happens. A lot of people, and myself included, not necessarily with weed, with other things, you just kind of continue the streak because you don't really want to go back, right? I'm not saying this always happens, but rather than going in with the mindset, okay, here it is, I'm quitting for good, I had enough of this, I'll never smoke again. If you've never done this before, and if this is your first time quitting, I'm always, you know, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to predict it. I'm not going to say, okay, this is what's going to happen because I know you so well. From my experience, from helping people, from reading stories, from hearing, you know, talking over 120 guests on the podcast by now. Okay, my team was 105, about 105. A lot of, um, recently I do a lot of my own episodes, but kind of, you know, going through this motion, right? If it's your first time quitting. Don't go into it with the intention of never smoking again. Go into it with the mindset of, okay, let's see what happens. Or even better, something, for example, maybe SEALs do. I'll explain it in a bit what I mean. Just make it until the next morning, right? So I've seen this really great concept a while ago. And I don't know if it was an article, it was a research, right? But they were... They were looking at the success of uh, butts class, right? So Navy SEALs, you, some of you guys who are listening from America, you know them, you know, a special top class war warfare unit. They've got a very rigorous, right? So I think from hundreds um, candidates, from hundreds recruits, only about 10 or 8 makes it, right? So they looked at those 8 people, like what did they do different from all the other, you know, hundred. Um, recruits, and they realize that they have a completely mindset, different mindset. Whether the other recruits, they only think about finishing the class, those eight recruits, they only focused on the next meal, right? It's really interesting when you think about it, it makes sense, right? So what they knew is, they knew that at the end of the day, regardless whether they have to do 1,000 push-ups or they have to run 50 miles barefoot, or they have to go and swim, swim with the sharks for 12 hours at night, they will get the food, right? So they knew that. That's how much they knew about the class. So their idea was, okay, only got to make it until next meal, right? So you should apply that to your own quitting, right? If you're just starting to quit, don't worry about smoke, not smoking for a year or six months or not even smoking ever again. Think about the next morning. Say, okay, I only got to do it until next morning, right? And once you do that, you repeat. And then it just becomes this habit. And the more you do it, the more you get into the habit. And sooner or later, you're off it, right? So that's one thing. The second thing, I'm kind of jumping post here, but the second thing I wanted to quickly mention is withdrawals. Now, I don't know how much you've been listening to my podcast late, right? But I tend to stop talking about withdrawals a while. If you have been listening to my podcast from the beginning, around episode 15 or episode 20, I stopped talking about the withdrawals. In fact, even stopped questioning my guests about the withdrawals. Do you know why? Because we buy too much into this narrative. Every time someone comes into our group, we read and succeed, 
and they are about to quit. They want to quit. They're already quit, but they relapsed. The first thing they do is, gosh, I don't want to go through the withdrawals. What should I do? Right? For some reason, quitting weed became so parallel with these horrendous, hellish withdrawals that a lot of people, they just get discouraged because of that. That's why I don't like to talk about it. And I'm not suppressing the information, but the reason why I don't want to talk about it is because you don't want to know, you don't need to know what the other people's experiences was, right? Jenny over in Canada, she might have severe insomnia, right? And then Brad over in, you know, south of England, he might have lost appetite, right? But that does going to have the same withdrawals, right? Here's the problem. The more you know and the more you expect it, the, 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 the stronger your withdrawals are going to be. It's just simple as, right? If you expect do, do will happen, right? It's simple as, okay? So I don't want to, I don't like to talk about withdrawals anymore. And I would strongly encourage you to not go and watch many and other videos about what the withdrawals will be, how they will be, what you should experience, what you should experience, because don't buy into that narrative. That's not your experience. That's someone else's experience, right? Obviously, get those nuggets, get like these different tips that might give you a um, better quitting experience. But don't go there and start listening to the withdrawals and then write them down and think, okay, yeah, this could be me, this probably will be me, or this will be definitely me, right? Because the more you're going to do that, the more you're going to get into this narrative of what what could possibly happen, even though you never know it happen, the more your head will be just all over the place. That's why I encourage you not to think about too much of the withdrawals and just go through it, right? And here's the thing. You cannot quit wheat without the withdrawals. It just doesn't work, right? The formula doesn't work. And it's not just the withdrawals. You might need to go through some difficult emotions. You might need to go through some stress. But there is no way you surpass that, right? You can diminish them to a, to a certain effect. And I'll explain more about this in my life. life I'll, but there is not really any way to not have withdrawals. Everyone will have some sort of withdrawals, right? But the severity level of withdrawals you will have totally depends on you. If you're going to buy into this narrative that the withdrawals will be severe, you won't be able to sleep, you won't be able to function, you won't be able to uh, eat, then it probably will be, right? But if you put all that aside and say, you know what, I'm quitting, so I'm going to see how mine experiences, not how someone else experiences, right? Do this rather than watch all these videos about withdrawals, right? So really the reason why I wanted to do this video is because this is what I would suggest you to do on the first week when you're starting to quit tweet, right? The first thing I'll tell you to, I will ask you to do, this is what I would do, which is a better way of saying it, is I'll look at the triggers, right? So these four categories of triggers, the first one, environmental triggers, right? So these are people, places, and things, right? So this is everything in your either view or the, the stuff you hear, the stuff you smell, the stuff you touch, right? Your five senses everything out there external. So this could be your friends, your partner, your family member. Um, it could be the old places, right? It could be the old school, the playground, the bars, the restaurants where you used to smoke, right? Um, it could be a commercial on the TV. It could be a song on the radio. Mine, very strange and way big, her trigger was a bench in the park, 
Right. And it's still, I, I'm still laughing to this day how a single bench in the park, preferably with the sun, if there was a sun in that, that just got me really like, it just got me run to my dealer. Right. So that was my trigger. Right. So what is your trigger? It could be a car. Right. It could be just you driving on the way to work in your car because that's where you normally smoke. Right. So how these triggers are going to come up when there is no wheat, but you're doing this thing or you are next to this thing or you see this thing or you smell this thing or you hear something, you hear a song you always used to listen when you were stoned. Well, guess what? That's going to trigger you to smoke again. So you want to know your triggers, right? You want to be aware of them. So the first category, environmental triggers. And by the way, there's an episode, a whole episode just about the triggers and it's called How to Conquer Your Triggers. I don't know the exact number, but pull back to that episode and go through it, right? Because I go very deep into each category and I explain examples. I give some really good examples that apply almost to everybody. Not almost, apply to everybody. I've so far doing this program with my clients, not once have I met someone who'd say, hey, I don't have any triggers, right? So first category, environmental triggers. Next category, behavioral triggers, right? So this is your habits, your activities that you do, that you were doing when you were small, right? So let's say, for example, you're a huge video gamer, right? So every time you play video games, you're also small. Well, guess what? If you decide today you're not going to smoke anymore and then tomorrow you're going to play video games, just doing this, just playing video games itself will be a trigger, right? Perhaps you used to go out and use a skateboard, right? Or perhaps you used to go and out and ride a bike. I don't know what it is. I don't know what activity you used to do, right? Perhaps it was uh, just watching a TV show. Every night you were watching a TV show and having a joint, right? Just doing this activity, doing this habit, right? The behavior itself will be a trigger. So you want to address that and you want to have a coping strategy, right? So what we do is once on the program, when I have one-on-one, once we have this each category, we then rate the trigger. We rate it from one to ten of the least triggering and the most triggering. And we find a coping strategy for each trigger because guess what? The more triggers you're aware, the better the coping strategy are, the easier it is. The full are simple because you have all the angles covered, right? So you got you don't get triggered on Friday afternoon when you're coming back from work and there's a Drake song on what's that song? Headlines. Biggest headlines that's the one I always used to have some back to now why Randomly under that. And that would be my trigger, right? Coming home from work, seeing a bench in the park, because I always used to go past that park and saw a bench, and then listening to that song when I got straight to that home. It's almost like I would be programmed to smoke. I don't know how to explain it, but I think you get the gist. The third category, emotional triggers, right? You want to address the three, the four top emotions. So these are the four top triggers of relapse. This is why 90% of people struggling with addiction, struggling with the substance abuse, they relapse. The first one, hunger. Second one, anger. Third one, loneliness. Fourth one, tiredness. And this stands for a whole model, H-A-R-T, right? So you want to address those four emotions because if you're not going to cover them, if you're not going to take care of those four, Guess what? This itself will be a trigger and it might be a cause of relapse, right? Or even a relapse at the normal. Hopefully nothing will, nothing will ever happen. But I'm just giving you a precaution, right? So again, hunger, anger, loneliness, and violence, right? And a lot of times, and even 
when I kind of went and analyzed this and, and read some more literature, I was thinking, okay, hold on a second. How does hunger trigger someone to smoke? Here's the thing, right? Back in the days when I would be hungry, I would be very agitated. And then something could happen. Someone could call me or, you know, I would see some stupid video on the internet, whatever. And I would get seriously annoyed. And that's when they needed to smoke, right? Does that make sense? So hunger itself, perhaps it might not be the huge trigger for you, but being hungry and being agitated, that then gets you um, to smoke, right? So that's the emotional triggers. That's the third category. The fourth category, the last one, is the psychological triggers, right? So these are the negative beliefs. This could be even um, the next, sorry, the negative thoughts, right? Of the beliefs you have, right? So you could think of yourself as you're not worthy, right? You could think yourself as a failure. You could try to escape reality because it's too overwhelming, right? These are different beliefs and different thoughts you have on a regular basis. They get you to small. Right, because you want to calm your, your head down, you want to call, you want to quiet these thoughts because they're unbearable. Right, a lot of the people with PTSD, right, they struggle with this. That's the reason why they smoke as well. Right, so you got those four categories, right, and hopefully you call it each one. Right, so once you have that, write down your triggers. Again, I'll strongly urge you to go back to how to conquer your triggers episode. I don't know what number it is. You have to find it through the list. And listen to each category in detail because I also give out some examples, right? And once you have your own triggers, rate them. So put 10 to the most triggering one and put 1 to the least trigger. And then think of a coping strategy. Think if in next week I'm going to experience that trigger or perhaps I'll be, um, I'll be um, exposed to that trigger. Here's what I'm going to do, right? And have some sort of strategy because the moment you have a strategy, you also have a plan, right? The second thing, what I'll do, and that's even more important than the triggers, and I always did say this to my clients on the first session, actually, sometimes even on the score call, sometimes even before the video, before we even started to do anything, right? I asked them, here's what you do, right? Next time you want to smoke, and regardless whether you're going to smoke or not, in fact, you can even say to yourself, say, okay, I can smoke, but here's what I need to do, right? So it's almost like a condition. So now it's like, okay, I smoke, this is what I'm going to do, right? Ask yourself, what am I hoping to get out of smoke, right? Second question, why do I want to smoke right now? And this goes directly into the desire, right? So you don't address the reasons for not smoking. You address the reasons for smoke, right? A lot of the times, like, again, I mean, I understand I was that as well, but Seeing what people are posting in our quid we did succeed Facebook, right? People will go, Hey, I want to quit weed because I don't have money. I'm always still, I'm very asocial. Um, you know, I always worry my anxieties. This is why I want, I don't want to smoke, right? Here's the thing forget why you don't want to smoke, attack the desire. Look at what's the reason for smoking. Why do you want to smoke in the first place, right? Because if there is no desire, there's no temptation. Does that make sense? Right. And once you remove the desire, you never need to worry about going back to smoking because you don't have the desire. You don't want to smoke. Right. So this first question, what am I hoping to get out of smoking really addresses this. Right. And a lot of the times, guess what? It's really weird how this works. Right. I didn't realize this until last year when I kind of started doing coaching and I kind of started 
talking one-on-one with different people, I started hearing their experience. A lot of the times, right, substance abuse is not really addiction, right? And I know some of you perhaps are counselors and some of you might be a major psychology, whatever, and they'll probably find like, what to leave talking about, right? But here's my thesis, and I'm strongly standing by this thesis. 80% of people using drugs, they don't even do them because of some trauma in the past, right? They do them because it's just a habit, as simple as that, right? And you might notice this, or you might not, but that's why I encourage you, every time you want to go and smoke, ask yourself, what am I hoping to get out of this? A lot of the times, I think you won't even have an answer. And you might even come up with an excuse just to fill out, just to justify your smoking, but you might not even have that at least why you want to smoke, right? So the first question, why I want to what am I, what am I hoping to get out of smoking, right? Addresses the desire. The second question, it's almost like a redirection, right? So a lot of the times you might not even need to smoke because it's a habit, because it's an automatic behavior. You go and you smoke, right? So the second question is, why do I want to smoke right now? Right? Because when you might quest, when you might ask yourself the first question, what am I hoping to get out of smoking? You might not get anything feedback. You might get a blank thought like I don't know whether it's I don't know this Friday afternoon. We know what is small. Where would you want me to say? You know? Obviously all even thoughts doubts. My my wanting the thoughts would be back in the previous, right? The second question, why do I want to smoke? Now, it then kind of addressed this necessity, this urgency. Do I really need to smoke right now? Like, can I delay it? Can I do this act that I normally do just completely automatic? Can I do it another time? Right? So, the reason why I want to instill these lessons in your head is because A, you want to be self-aware, but B, you also want to remove the automatic from your behavior. Right. A lot of your smoking is automatic, right? Not just smoking, any behavior in general. Like eighty I feel like feel like I'm pretty sure that about seventy seventy five percent of the things we do during the day they are automatic. We don't even consciously think about the fact that we are doing that, right? And the same goes to smoking. So the idea behind those two questions is that they go to the root of the desire. And they kind of remove that automatic, that almost like seemingly, you know, unseen transition previous state to the next state. Did that make sense? Right? So again, what am I hoping to get out of this? Why do I want to smoke right? The two questions you want to ask yourself. That's pretty much it. That's like that's the like number one two things I would, you know. I would go and, and try to figure out an ubiquitous way. There's obviously there's millions of others, um, but for like you know that's that's you kind of where you should start if it makes sense. Like the triggers and these questions and kind of getting yourself into the habit of um, just knowing what you're doing, why you're doing. Right. That being said, listen. Next week I'm doing week to week challenge. Right. So if have you been listening to my podcast for a while? If you've quit before, but you keep relapsing, right? Perhaps you've quit already, but you just felt miserable. You don't feel achieved, right? 
Um, perhaps you're waiting for the right opportunity to quit. I don't know what it is, but if you want to join my challenge next week, I strongly encourage you to do so. We are starting on Monday, 22nd of May, at 11 a.m. Pacific time, and we'll be going every day until Friday, right? So over the last two and a half years of me talking with people about um, WWs, going for my own experience, helping people, doing the pro, the whole lot. I think I learned a thing or two. So what I decided is because I'm changing a few things at my last job, I decided to give it all away. Like I'm just going to give you everything, absolutely everything, the sort of the stuff I used to charge people hundreds for before, like my clients, right? But I'm going to give it to you, right? And then what I'm going to say is, okay, here's what we can do is, you get to stay and listen and learn and act, hopefully, for five days. And then on Friday, if you think the information was worth it, I'll ask you for 100 bucks. If you think the information was like, well, yeah, you know, you didn't really do your job. This is like, you know, nothing, nothing extra. You can just close down the browser. You can click disconnect and you can go your own way. No hard feelings, right? The reason why I did this challenge this way and why I want to give it absolutely everything I can to help you go from, you know, a stone or whatever it is, to someone who is chasing and, and pursuing what you want to do, is because I know where you are, right? And the top two reasons, top two excuses, I'll say it, it is, hey, I don't have time. You know, a lot of the times we talk about people, possible um, candidates about my program, they tell me, well, eight weeks is kind of a lot. I don't have time to commit to eight weeks for understandable but the second thing a lot of you guys mentioned i don't have money i don't have hundreds of dollars name on my account right so that's the idea behind this right so you don't need to spend money on it unless you want to do it unless you feel like the content that what you got warranted your your purchase okay i hope that makes sense again triggers and the desire right so go through the triggers Write them down, find a coping strategy. This itself will give you some sort of plan. Don't focus on the withdrawals. Focus on what's ahead. Focus on what you want to do in the future. Right? Go after what's in the future, not after what's in the past. Right? Don't think why you want to quit weed. Don't think, okay, I want to quit weed because I never want to be sold. I don't want to be stoned again. I don't want to be spending money. Focus on why you want to quit weed in the future. Make it the future course. Right? And then the second thing is, Attack the desire. What am I hoping to get out of this? Every time it's more, say to yourself, conscious, okay, you know what, Jack, you know what? You can do this, but before we do this, we're going to answer this question and write it down. It's at least half better. It's not 100% better if you write these things down because when you express something, it becomes tangible. It exists. It's not just your thoughts anymore, which you probably will forget after 20 seconds. It's actually something you can read again. So either write it down or record it, right? And then go through the notes. And the more you want to do this, the easier it will be. The more you realize that it's just a freaking habit. It's not even something that would be so ingrained that it's some sort of a response from trauma. Or you've been, you know, some subconscious thought laying around there, whatnot, you know? I'm not saying all of you are like that. Obviously, there are some cases where there is something else, you know, Hint, PTSD, whatever, what other mental condition that, but majority of the time, honestly, it's not even any trauma. It's just the habit itself. And once you realize that, 
you also you realize that you can absolutely conquer it, crush it, and move on with your life, right? So, that being said, don't forget about quit week challenge. I changed the title, so I used to call it five day life event. I think quit week challenge is a little bit more um, inviting and a little bit more um, attractive. I hope so. So I urge you to go to my website and register there. Again, there's nothing to pay. I think, oh, actually, I think you just need to leave the deposit, which I think it's $1. And that's just, it makes it easy, right? And chase everyone at the end of the event. But again, listen, if you don't want to pay, or if you even don't have money and you're still like, okay, I'm just going to go and I'm going to pretend that I didn't like it, that's fine. I don't, honestly, the reason why I make this event civil, um, Care free and so pressure free is because I understand I've been there in my 20s, right? And I've said this a million times on my podcast and I'll keep saying it, right? So I really want you to succeed with it. This is what I'm giving you shortfall, one hour a day over the five days, right? So only have to do five hours a whole week and I'm not charging for it unless you want to pay, right? So on Fridays, you're like, yeah, I don't know, like, yeah, it was okay, but you know, I, I'm just going to go. That's fine. You do you. I don't, I don't mind, right? As long as you act on the information, it helps you. Hey, I did my job, right? And that, that focus, I mean, the pressure is actually me because I've got to make it the best freaking challenge you've ever been to. So you say, okay, well, I think that, that helped me. I think I'm ready to pay, right? Again, if you don't feel like paying, you don't pay. doesn't matter. But yeah, 22nd of May, we're starting this challenge. We did succeed Facebook group as well. If you want some more accountability, and I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.